Welcome to CEO to Rainmaker, a practical small business educational podcast designed to increase an owner's executive skills, raise profits, and achieve long-term sustainability. And now your host, Gene Valdez. Episode number 53, From City Intern to Successful Entrepreneur with Jonathan Palacios Avila. My second company that I am showcasing this month of successful entrepreneurs is Stratus Fuel, which was co-founded by Jonathan and his father, John, a lot of eight years ago. Jonathan is now the VP of Marketing, and Stratus is a fuel hydrogen company whose purpose is to make hydrogen an everyday fuel. They accomplish this goal by producing hydrogen, providing fueling solutions and mobility programs. And I'll let Jonathan uh, get into more detail when he comes out. That's just sort of an overview. But before I bring out Jonathan, let me share his bio. It's a great story. Jonathan is of Mexican descent. He graduated from Cal State LA in 2012 with a double major in chemistry and public administration. And then he went to work for local governments where all entrepreneurs go, local government. Just kidding. One of his first job was an intern with the city of Ontario in 2013. While working there, he worked with Southern California based cities. He learned firsthand about permitting fuel stations and infrastructure upgrades. In 2014, at the age of 25, a really young age, he co-founded Stratus Fuel with his father, John, who provided some guidance and some initial capital. Jonathan's goal was to build hydrogen infrastructure for the fuel cell mobility sector. Since that time, he has led grant initiatives that have yielded over $12 million in public funds to implement his business model. And he's still a young man of 33 years of age. So let's bring him out. Jonathan, how are you? Thanks for your time. No problem. Thank you. Thank you, Gene, for having me on the show. This is really exciting. So Jonathan, your, your bio, I'm a business coach. I'm not a scientist. This is the, what you do is a little scientific for me. Can you give me the, the layman terms of what you do and who you do it for? Yeah, definitely. So we're Stratus Fuel. We are a hydrogen production company at the heart. So what that means is, is we produce hydrogen rather than be through renewable forms. And we produce this hydrogen so it can be used in the mobility and fuel cell markets. And what that means is, is um, the fuel cell and mobility markets are hydrogen is used as an energy storage mechanism that could be used to power vehicles which it is converted through a chemical reaction in a fuel cell. And that, that conversion creates electricity, which propels a hydrogen electric vehicle. And um, we're looking at using these cars in the long term to really help transition, you know, the state and, and rest of the country and other parts of the world to electrify their vehicles. So your timing is perfect. So let me ask a dumb question, Jonathan. How do you produce hydrogen? Do you do that or do you outsource it? So our company is a hydrogen production company. And what we do is, you know, there's a combination of ways to produce it currently. You could do it through uh, steam methane reformation, which is the uses natural gas. 
and it heats it up to about a thousand degrees Fahrenheit through steam and it separates the hydrocarbon and it isolates the hydrogen. You compress it and put it in a tank. And there's also, you know, other ways you could use trash, uh, waste, and then you can also use renewable power, electricity from solar and wind and water to produce through electrolysis. And the benefit is, is we take um, both approaches. So we take, a, you know, biomethane and a steam methane reformer, and we also take renewable power and water to produce through electrolysis. So in essence, we're agnostic to how we produce the hydrogen, but we want to utilize natural in resources that, that are based on region to help get the, the cheapest, uh, the most cost-effective and renewable hydrogen product to market. Gotcha. Now, you're a for-profit, right? Not a non-profit. We're a for-profit. That's correct. And who are some of your customers historically and what you see on the drawing board as good prospects for what you're doing? So customers are folks that are looking to build you know, hydrogen stations in the market for mobility. So that, that includes cars, trucks, buses, forklifts, um, trains. In addition to that, you know, there are also current customers that use hydrogen in, in, in you know, a multitude of sources that rather that be for industrial, you know, we're talking metalworking, welding, semiconductors. They also use hydrogen refineries, ammonia production and things of that nature. So, you know, our customers aren't, aren't limited to mobility, even though it's our target market, but we provide, we supply um, hydrogen from the mobility all the way to the industrial markets. So that's a huge market, is it not? Any yes, industry. it is a very huge market in, in, in hundreds of billions of year currently for the industrial and mobility is just a small sliver of that, but it's yeah. rapidly expanding. And it seems like your timing is perfect now because of all the stuff that's going on in the environment and being more fuel efficient and global warming and all kinds of stuff. Rig might collapse because we are conditioning too much. Uh, it all ties that, in, That's right? correct. Yeah, no, it, this is a perfect time. I think, you know, we were really early to the game eight years ago. I think there was only a handful of companies looking at hydrogen. You know, now there's multiple companies, you know, looking to get in the hydrogen space. But I think if we were just starting now, it'd be very, very difficult to break in. But now, you know, with this new initiative from California banning, banning gasoline cars in 2035, you know, hydrogen can really help support that. And one benefit is, is we're not really that reliant on the grid because hydrogen can be produced through multiple sources, you know, rather that be from renewable power or biomethane, natural gas. And it can really help, you know, one, to fight climate change and two, you know, to really support the state's initiatives for electrification of vehicles. Gotcha. I'm so fascinated with how the uh, the brain of an entrepreneur works. So you graduated from college, and then you went to work for city government. Did you know in your mind that this is just a temporary stay, that my real dream is to become an entrepreneur? Or reword the question, what prompted you to leave at such an early age to start a company with your dad? So I think it, it, you know, my interest in hydrogen spans all the way back from when I was in middle school, you know, reading, you know, the Wired magazine about the GM Highwire, which was GM's, you know, fuel cell vehicle that had fuel cells on, it looked like a skate where you could remove, you know, the different body types of the vehicle. And this was in 2002, 2003. And just kind of looking at that and saying, you know, hydrogen, I think has a real place in the mobility and energy markets kind of spawned my interest. this way? How I was, uh, I think, 13, 14 years old. It was, I think, it was middle school or high school. 
Aren't you expected to think about the football game and uh, taking your girlfriend out or having a good time and going with your buddies? And, and you already have the have the mindset that you were a serious kid at that young age. Yeah, you, you would think, right? Yeah, I was. <laughs> I think you know back then I was thinking you know video games and you know technology and, and the iPod and, and whatever was new in technology. Yeah, I think it was that interest. It was that technical side that really sparked my interest with hydrogen. I saw that this could play a role in transitioning, you know, how we move around in our cars and boats and trains and and anything that moves with wheels. So with that, I kind of went forward and just, you know, thought, you know, how can I find a place in this industry? And, you know, in college, you know, I, I looked at, you know, what are the business prospects of hydrogen? And it really wasn't there. The economics weren't there for mobility. There was really no cars or research initiatives going on. So I thought in order to really affect change uh, with hydrogen, I would have to do it on the government side. So if, if I were part of a local government or part of a state agency, I could really affect policy to, to getting hydrogen infrastructure uh, to the market. I understand. So, but at what point did you pull the trigger and say, I want to do this baby myself. I don't want somebody telling me what to do. And is that when you went so, to your dad and said, dad, I got this great idea. I need a little bit of guidance and some money. Can you help me out? And he obviously said yes, right? So there was in 2012 or 13, Assembly Bill 8 in California came out, which allocated $200 million to build 100 hydrogen stations. Okay. And when that came out, there was a grant solicitation under, you know, PON 13607. I think that was I don't remember it well by that. I, I may have it memorized. Perfect. <laughs> <Just> yeah. <today. laughs> <laughs> There was a solicitation. I think it was allocated 20 or so million dollars to, to fund a few hydrogen stations. So with that, part of the requirements were you needed a station, you needed to write this grant, you needed some environmental compliance. So I went to my dad and I said, look, you know, we need help finding a station. My, my dad was in the civil engineering realm. He's all, he also worked in the state of Ontario. He knew some gas station owners and, and things like that. So he kind of made the introduction to our first fueling station owner which allowed us okay. to apply for a grant on the site. And then from that point, you know, we started looking who's going to write the grant. And right. we, if you look at grant writers, you know, they charge anywhere from 15,000 all the way up to a hundred thousand sure. plus sure. And, and starting out didn't have any money. So, you know, I think the fingers pointed to me to write the grant. So essentially dedicated the next two or three months of my life in the beginning of 2013 to write this grant. And, okay. you know, Thankfully, we won. We we were we scored a, we scored really high on that on that round, and we were one of only a handful of companies that were awarded funds to build hydrogen stations. And that's what kind of really got us our start. But it was my dad who put the initial capital that got the company going. We had to he he incorporate helped us pay for the incorporation, our first office. You furnished it, and um, we were, it was off to the races at that point. Wow, that's a great dad. No, I'm I'm his only son, it's my sister and I. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's a great story. So your dad had maybe the money and you had the sweat equity and the brain power, and you guys made a lethal combo and you started the company and then you took off and you received over twelve million dollars in public funds. What were some of those programs? So that they're all hydrogen focused. So our okay. first grant that we were awarded 
was $2.1 million, and then there was an additional $200,000 from another agency that we got. Then there was a few other grants that we that, that I wrote for other for another company that helped them that that had got them stations to be awarded. So we helped build them. We did the entitlements for those sites, and then there was our car share program, which we have now. I think it was like eight hundred thousand dollar grant that we got in twenty eighteen that was allowed that that helped us to deploy our Stratoshare program. So right now we have a fleet of hydrogen cars that we rent by the hour or day through the Stratoshare app. Nice, um, nice. It's a great program. It's for um, initially started off for disadvantaged communities to providing zero emission, clean transportation to San Bernardino and Riverside cities. That kind of spawned off in its own thing. And now we have cars in Orange County, Riverside County, or we're looking at putting cars in LA County. And then we also were awarded another million dollar grant from CARB, the California Resources Board, to expand this program by up to 25 vehicles. And this is in conjunction with the city of Riverside. And then recently, with two separate grants, we were awarded $7 million from the Energy Commission oh. to expand our hydrogen, renewable hydrogen plant in uh, uh, Southern California. And no end in sight. I mean, the demand is there. So just how fast oh, yes, you can yeah. put together a grant and hire people. Exactly. Yeah, the grants are very specific you know, to the budgets and who we hire and uh, how we hire and um, the equipment that we're able to purchase. But the, the state you know, has allocated funding to push hydrogen forward. And we're just one of, you know, a few other companies that are actively applying for grants to really help subsidize some of the cost as, as the entry, as the entry market, which has been really beneficial into to moving this company forward and attracting investment. So you started in 2014, it's now 2022. So you've really been in business for eight years. During your journey, Jonathan, and I asked my last guest this, what were some of the biggest mistakes that you made? And what were some of the greatest decisions that you made that you're proud of that you could share with my audience? I think the biggest mistakes is not listening to my gut. Okay. I think when you know something is, is, is going wrong or something doesn't feel right, I didn't listen to that. I kept pushing forward. Another thing was, is it was not getting legal advice when it came to structuring business deals or hiring on certain people. Those, those are two biggest mistakes. I think but you're some still of the, young too. I mean, you learned on the job. I mean, you're still young. Yes. So go ahead. Yeah, it, it, okay. those learning experiences, I think, helped shape, you know, who I am today. And, you know, it, the team that we have on board currently, you know, compensates for a lot of those mistakes that we made early on. And they're very wise. You know, that's why I think we have a very strong team today. If it weren't for those initial mistakes, I wouldn't have learned, and I don't think I would have met the team members and the executive team that we've built at this company. And how big now. is your team, and how many employees do you have now? We have a core team of six executives. So we brought on our new executive team at the beginning of 2021, and then we brought on a few new members at the beginning of this year. So our team is is, is growing. We're we're looking at at bringing on more more members especially as our plant goes under construction early next year. Um, and this essentially, as, as it's built out over the next couple of years, there's going to be a large number, I think 25 or plus uh, people that will be hired initially on to support the, the plant as well as you know, future sales and growth of the facility. So you, you answered both the bad mistakes and the good things with, with one response. So what about, you know, so many entrepreneurs are, you know, they, they want it to be all about them. You know, my ego, my idea. Did you, any qualms about sharing 
listening, you know, I got to make the final decisions. Do you make the final decisions or is it by consensus or what? Yeah. So I think from, you know, early on, I don't think I had the luxury to, to really take the credit or to, you know, really make it about me because it was always trying to bring the company in the limelight and yeah. to really show that, that we had, you know, one, the ability to execute what we were presenting to rather that be the state or to our customers. So, and it was always a team approach. You know, I never really liked to take credit for anything that the company does because I see it as a collective. And, you know, with, with that in mind, I am not the final decision maker. It is a team approach. It's a team effort. Uh, we have our CEO, Pete Jeffy, who kind of really guides us through a, a lot of these, you know, bigger decisions. And, and we meet as a team to discuss, you know, movement in the company and how are we going to move forward with certain items and things like that. Let me ask you an important question, though, Jonathan. So in terms of ownership of the company, your legal ownership of the stock of the company, is it just you and your dad? Or just you? I, I'm not able to speak of that currently. I, initially, it was just my dad and I yeah. that owned the company. But when we went through a restructuring and started to seek capital, that um, transition changed. Um, but okay. it has currently not been solidified yet. So I, I can't okay. speak publicly on that. Okay, so let's take a futuristic view. How do you see hydrogen play, the role that hydrogen plays in decarbonizing transportation and energies? If you look at, you know, how do we decarbonize things? How do we decarbonize energy and transportation? One of the biggest things in the media right now is electrification. And I, I agree with Did that 100%. Electri electrification. Electrification. Okay, sure. Yes, yes. So, so yes. let's take, you know, hydrogen has the ability, one, to play a role in electrifying vehicles. So instead of storing energy in a battery, we're storing it in hydrogen, which converts electricity through a chemical reaction along a PEM fuel cell. In addition to that, you know, hydrogen can also produce power. We could you know, inject hydrogen into pipelines, natural gas pipelines, have a culmination of natural gas and hydrogen, or even just a full hydrogen molecule in a pipeline. And we could process, process that through a fuel cell which could generate electricity and power your house or even get injected and can be combusted in a turbine. So with that said, hydrogen can be produced locally. It, we don't have to import it uh, from other countries. We can produce it, you know, in states individually based off those resources. So if we're, you know, in the Great Plains where there is a lot of wind, you know, you could produce it via wind power. If we're in Southern California, we could produce it you know, through biomethane or through, you know, solar power. So with that said, hydrogen can really move and help accelerate the transition to zero emissions without having to compromise and, and upgrade our electrical grid or, you know, go through great lengths and sacrifice, you know, the, the times that we are out and about on the roads, you know, it, it, you can refill your hydrogen car in three to five minutes. So, I see hydrogen really playing a role in that. And we can also, you know, right now we're experiencing where there's too much, you know, you look at the duck curve with, with electricity where, you know, during the, during the evening and when the power sloughs off yes. Uh, yes. and there's a reduction in, in, in electrical generation, you know, hydrogen can be there. You could produce during high peak times hydrogen and in off peak times, you can use the hydrogen as energy storage and run it through a fuel cell, or you can distribute it to vehicles. So gotcha. Okay. It fills a lot of the gaps. So 
We're getting close to running out of time, Jonathan. So there's a couple more questions I want to ask you. So, well, I guess the first thing is, what about your geographic footprint? Do you sell, are you really confined? Do you sell yourself as a Southern California-based company? Or do you want to be in other states? Do you want to be nationally? Do you want to be internationally? And I realize that would take some time, even if you have that goal. That's the first question. Mm-hmm. We want to be a you know long, long-term goal is to be an international company. We are currently a California company. We have operations as far up as Sacramento uh, currently. Okay. So you know we're open to we're currently looking at other areas where we can expand. Uh, we're we're actively following the mission plans that have gets elected states that have band together, incorporate electric vehicles into their their whole state initiatives. So we're we're actively following those, and we're speaking with uh, you know vehicle manufacturers and where they're going to deploy hydrogen cars next. So I think in the next five years, you know, we're we're more than likely to expand outside the state. But we are a California company. The last question is: So you're still a young man, but you've got eight years of in the fire belt experience. What advice could you give an existing entrepreneur or an aspiring entrepreneur on just some things that you learned or some best practices? Or how could you share some of your information that you've gathered over all these years? What could you summarize that down to? Maybe two or three bullet items. I think one is to maintain your vision. Uh, you got First, you got to identify, you know, what is your vision for what you're trying to do? And if you seek that wholeheartedly, you know, you will ignore the noise that's around you. You will ignore, you know, the difficult times and really help you push through to achieving your goal. I think that that's one really advice. And two is to really rely, you know, on, you know, your faith, friends and family, because those are also we're going to give you encouragement in moving something that's very difficult forward, because it is very difficult to start a company and to bring an idea to fruition it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort and it takes people to believe in you. And I think if you have, you know, faith, family, and friends that do that, that is really encouraging. And then I think that that will keep you going through hard times. So last, last, last question. When you started the company eight years ago, do you have to pinch yourself? Or are you, are you thought where you wanted to be eight years from now or or did you say to yourself, I didn't even come close? I mean, because as you know, sometimes what you see and visualize in your mind, you can conceive in physical reality. Tough. Sometimes I, I'm really surprised on where we're at and how far we've come. There's times that I thought, you know, I, I thought we were going to fall apart in year three or year five. But you, when you look back and you're just, you know, it's gone by so fast. And here we are. And, and I kind of see where we're headed in the future. Right. It just seems so, you know, unreal, but it also, it's also a motivation to keep going to say, if, if we've got this far in the last eight years, how far can we get in the next three years? You know, once we're able to take, you know, the, the hard times and we're able to take our, our headwind and, and turn that into a tailwind, you know, we're, we're the race is off, you know, we're, we're, we're going for it. All right. So essentially you've, Eight years into it, you've exceeded your expectations and you believe that you can continue to do so, which is awesome. I mean, that's fantastic. It's so much of it takes confidence and maturity. You learn on the job. So anyway, Jonathan, we've run out of time. 
Thank you so much for the information. And um, I'd like to meet you someday. Yes, definitely. We'll meet up. Uh, maybe we can go cruising in an, uh, on an electrical powered uh, vehicle. Yeah. That's attractive yeah. looking. That's affordable. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, we could, we could demonstrate a hydrogen car for you. Okay. All right, Jonathan. That's a wrap. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. I'll talk Thank to you, you so soon. Much. Yes. Bye bye. Speak soon. Bye. So that concludes this episode, listeners. If you enjoyed it, give me a like and a review and subscribe. I will talk to you next Monday, which will feature our third Hispanic owned business called Angie's Angels Commercial Cleaning. The sole owner is Angie Lopez, and her story is incredible. Mark it down. This is me. I'm out. Bye-bye. This has been CEO to Rainmaker with Gene Valdez. To find out more, like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. If you have questions, email the show. Find that link and others in the show notes. Thanks for listening and join us again next time.